Josiah, and some of us have known him since he was a little boy. And uh, he's been at ground zero there in Poland helping the people the, from the, the refugees from the Ukraine. Thousands. They have helped thousands, and they've organized food and housing, and, and it's still going on. And so he's going to be here. You guys really, uh, it'll be fun, and it'll be uh, extremely informative. <coughs> I want to, uh, let's get this up so y'all can see what we've got going on. There we go. Whoa. Wrong button. There we go. So I want, I want y'all to look at Scripture. I want you to read along and follow. But uh, you just need to know something. You guys are so amazing and special. It's like we, we need to get on board with the way Jesus sees us. Like, if it's not in the Scripture, it's not true. And the, the, the Scripture reveals to us who? Jesus Christ. And who's Jesus revealed to us? God the Father. And He's the exact representation of God. And so uh, that's why we stop to pray, because the same way Jesus came to earth to release God's presence, to work in the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I are here for the same purpose. So I have some really interesting things I want to do today, but I want to... Uh, I want you to put your thinking hats on. I just want to talk to you today. And this is a verse we looked at last week. And uh, I don't know if you could spend forever asking the Holy Spirit for revelation about this one verse that the Apostle Paul spoke in Colossians 1.27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles... The glorious riches of this mystery. Now, the Bible says there's a mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations. And, you know, you know, we don't think of this. It's like, and we're going to look at the book of Colossians a little, book, a little bit, but uh, what was the mystery that Paul talked about in this verse? The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, my problem and your problem is we just have a hard time understanding what that looks like in us. And I want to talk today, and I want to help bring that home. What keeps you and me from knowing what that is and what stops us and hinders the reality of that from becoming expressed through our lives? And because it's really true. That's true. I don't think anybody here... You know, I don't think so. I mean, other than Tyler Young, I don't think anybody would disagree with that statement. You know, that was sarcasm, Tyler. You don't disagree. He believes, the, he believes the Scripture. He believes what Jesus says. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. What was God thinking? I mean, really? Come on, God. Did you know how many times I was going to mess up? Did you know the family I was born into? Do you know my history? Do you know the trauma I've experienced? God, what's going on? And so I want to look at this again today because it really is true. And I think one of the biggest hindrances you and I have is we think that we're not righteous enough, that we don't deserve it. You see, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil out of Genesis 1 that Adam and Eve ate from, that God said don't, that, that created a system, a barter system in the world. It created a, if I do this, you'll do that. If I'm good enough, this will happen to me. If I'm not good enough, then this will happen to me. And we live in this system like that. And that has nothing to do with the Word of God and what Jesus thinks about us. It just doesn't. You know, you go and like, we looked at this verse last week. It's in Romans 1.16, and to me, a powerful verse. I mean, a hugely powerful verse. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the dunamis, supernatural power of God's in the gospel. In the gospel is where the righteousness of God is revealed. And the righteousness of God we become right with God, not through what we do, it's through faith. And, it's, and the New Rise Sanders Version says it's a little strange, but when you're studying that passage, it's like 
we know that when you read on, like in Colossians, we're going to read on, faith is a gift from God. So God gives you faith, and then it's through faith that you're right with God. You know, it has nothing to do with where you've been, what you said this morning to your, you know. It has nothing to do with what you watched on TV last night. It has nothing to do with the thoughts you had during worship that may have not been godly thoughts. Your righteousness isn't that weak. It's not dependent upon us. It's dependent what our participation is believing, having faith in God with the faith he's given us. So he gives us faith to believe. Do you believe what God says about you? You know, I believe that Scripture, when Jesus was growing up, you know, they had, they had the Old Testament, and Jesus saw himself in the Scripture, in those stories, in the passages in Isaiah, the prophetic words that God was giving to the whole nation of Israel. Jesus kept saying, as a little boy, he started discovering that and discovering that. And even when he went back at 8 years old or 10, 10 11 years old, when he went to stayed in the temple and he was talking to the priests and the Sadducees, and, and they're like amazed by his perception. Do you know what his perception was? Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. And it's not just me, it's you too. Yeah, that's us. And he, he saw that. He, saw, he began to see who he was. When you read Scripture, you need to go on a deep dive searching for who Jesus says you are. And we need to put to death what your family says you are or what your neighbor says you are or what the media says you are. we got to put those things to death because righteousness of God is revealed through faith because the one who's righteous is living by faith, not by what you do. Well, Alan, what's going to motivate me to be good? That comes from the inside. It's not what you do on the outside. The outside comes from the inside. Like your potty mouth, it doesn't come from your self-control. It becomes there's some way in your heart that Jesus is still transforming. It's not self-effort. It's by faith. Everything's by faith. And why is that so important? I'm going to get there, but I'll tell you why it's so important. One is it's impossible to love yourself until you begin to see the truth about who you are. And the truth of who you are is found in Scripture. And it's found in Jesus. He's the center of everything. He was the firstborn among many brothers. His, his life and death and resurrection set us free from the punishment and pain and bondage to sin. You see, it's not about you and me. It's about Him. And so when we strive, are struggling with faith, I struggle with believing that who He says is who I am. My faith, God, you know, so you know, how, you know what I have trouble with faith with, what I'm growing in faith in, is believing that He really is what He says really is true. So my faith, it's about a struggle with believing more and more about the greatness of God. And so I want to look at some passages, and I want to step on your toes a little bit. Um. I just want to remind you of this. The hope of glory for you, us, for you, for the school system. Quit complaining. I mean, I heard, and it's terrible, we all do it. Uh, I heard so much complaining about everything all the time. And it's like, listen, you know why you complain about the coach of the Razorbacks? Because the coach of the Razorbacks is who makes the decisions, what the Razorbacks do. So I'm going to complain about him and the decisions he made last night. I don't know what he did. I didn't watch the game. It's off, off my radar. Steve could tell me, whatever he did, that was wrong, right? Well, guys, when you complain about the world, you're really complaining about you because you're the hope of glory for the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, God, it's a good thing I trust you because, because it's got to be you because there's, I don't have a fix for our economy. I don't have a fix for our education system. I don't have a fix for the crazy cray cray stuff going on in our society i don't even know how to fix anything but i do know he does and he'll do it through me why because i believe him i believe more in him than i believe in not in me because he said that i'm the hope of glory and so when i sit down face to face with somebody with an insurmountable problem and it happens all the time it happens all the time 
When I do, I don't ever think I've got the answer. When I pray for people, I don't have the answer. When you guys, when, when you, we prayed for each other with, with whatever, it's, it's, it's His glory in us, coming out of us, that's the answer to every problem in the world. And that's what I want us to see. I want you to see this. And Paul does too. So I'm going to go to Colossians. Uh, and this is a long passage. You can read it on the screen. You can read it on your phone or in your Bible. Yeah, they still make paper Bibles. Do you all know that? You can go buy them. We have a bunch in the office that people have left here. If you need one, we've got them. Colossians, what's, what's he emphasizing? What is Paul emphasizing in Colossians chapter 1? You can go read the whole chapter. He's emphasizing something very, very clearly. He said, may you be made strong. Who's God going to make strong? Every one of you. <laughs> you we use, Right. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His power. You know how Jesus lived on earth? By His power. Read the Bible, I'm telling you. Jesus lived by God's power. He was a human. And they call, we call Him Jesus Christ because Jesus was His humanity. That's who He was born. But Christ was the power of God, the deity, the fullness of God living through Jesus. And He changed the world. And y'all are going to, you know this is true. Paul says this. Guess who, who that's true about now? Me? You? May you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you. You see, the whole thing points to Him. What I'm talking about is Him. It's Him. He did it. He enables us. He gives us the power. He gives us the strength. No matter what we face. You know, the truth is, God always answers our prayer. You know what? How many of you guys, has God, has God ever answered your prayer and healed you, right? How many of you have had prayers not answered? <laughs> Everybody. You know what? God's going to answer your prayers, all of them. Sometimes when He speaks to me, He says, not now. He does that and releases a power in me to give me faith and hope and to endure what Paul's talking about here. He said, guys, you need endurance. You, he need, you need to be enabled and be prepared to endure everything. And see, that when he, he is going to answer your prayer. He'll answer you. He'll say, well, not now, later. Or he'll say, in heaven. But it doesn't matter what he says. Because he, when he speaks, there's power comes into you through his voice, through his word. When he said, let there be light, nothing's been able to shut the light off since that day. Nothing can stop him, right? Then he's done these crazy things. He's, he said, while, while you're enduring this stuff, how many of us are enduring stuff right now? All of us, right? I mean, if you love people, you're enduring stuff. If you're sensitive in your own heart, you're enduring stuff. If you've ever been gone through trauma, abuse, neglect, if you've ever watched, uh, I was going to, that was just a dumb thought. That was a dumb thought. I'm not going to, it, yeah. <laughs> Back up, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. I'm going to crawfish out of that one. One time, I'd, you know, being honest is hard, right? Transparent, that'd be the better word. I had this dream one time. You guys are so weird. I had this dream, and you're all at our, my house, except for it's not my house. It's a bigger house. It's a split-level house, and you're all there, maybe even more. There's probably twice as many people there. And somebody comes downstairs. You know, I'm doing the social butterfly thing, and... Uh, nobody's ever accused me of being a social butterfly that's just funny i'm just trying not to embarrass myself and somebody came down and said hey the shower in your bathroom's leaking well mom you know i'm like you guys i gotta fix it gotta fix it go out in the garage get my plumbing toolbox and i, I go up into the and there's people everywhere and i go into our, the bedroom and the bedroom is like almost as big as this room and the shower, I don't have one of these, but I've seen them. It's all glass walls. You know, it's a walk-in shower, and the whole thing's clear glass. Like, 
And so I go into the shower. Well, you know, I don't want to get my clothes wet, so I take my clothes off. (laughs) I know, that's embarrassing. I'm standing there, but, I started to say butt naked, but you can't say that in in church. Uh, I'm standing there totally nude, and I'm fixing the the shower head. It's leaking. And all of you are just looking at me, just like right now. And I'm like, I'm fixing it, and I look, and I'm, I'm like, and finally I opened the door to the shower, and I said, don't you guys have anything better to do? And then I went back to work. I'm like, what a weird dream that was. They had really nothing to do with anything. But, verse 13, he... He has rescued me from the power of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of His beloved Son. You see, it's all about Him. It doesn't matter how hard the thing is we're going through. He has already overcome it. And you may have to take the shower, but He'll give you the grace and the strength and the power to come through it, even if it's embarrassing and it's just that he's the you know I love this he's re- rescued us from everything you know that's true yeah but I'm still struggling uh, what did you think that not struggling means that he rescued you no his word rescues us his interaction with me my my with the father is what brings me above the circumstance no matter what it is that's the hope of the world that's the hope of glory Now, I know in heaven we're all going to be perfectly fine. But even today, he's with you. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He was with me that day. And uh, I was able to stand there in front of all of you. I feel sorry for you. It's just not a pretty sight. That's what I was thinking while ago. I said, this isn't a pretty sight. Y'all don't want to do that. Um, Are y'all okay? You want to you wanna be free? You know, a lot of us have gone around the same mountains over and over and over again. But Jesus says there's no mountain high enough to keep us away from his love. I believe that's true. And today, I believe some mountains, we're going to go around a mountain and we're going to find his love. We're going to find his love. We're going to find the strength, the power the endurance, the patience, the kindness, the, the, I don't know, when he shows up, everything changes. I believe some of us are judging ourselves in ways that Jesus wants to set us free from today. I'm going to give you a, 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 an example of that in a second. So, God reconciled all things to himself through Jesus Christ. And you ain't Jesus Christ. So you've already been reconciled to him because God did it. You couldn't stop it. The devil couldn't stop it. History can't stop it. So what's keeping us from realizing the truth that is already true? Well, I believe it's a walk of faith that as we grow, as we go on with him, as we spend time with him, you know, at the prophetic uh, event, uh, someone talked about soaking. And that was a weird word. That was like, that's what you do in a tub or something. I don't know. But, yeah, who talked about soaking? Dana, you did. Missy Baker. Oh, hi, Missy. There she is. I see you, Missy. Uh, she talked about soaking. That's just being with him, with, with our Father, well, however it looks like. And it changes my life. Every time I'm with him, it changes my life. It'll change yours. Everything changes. So God reconciled everything to himself. Okay. I, don't want, I want to go on because I want to get there. Now, these, these verses in Colossians 3 and Colossians 2, 3, chapter 3, verse 1, uh, I love this thing. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You know what things above are? Above, Jesus thinks you're wonderful. Above, Jesus thinks you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who God thinks. 
above, God sees us set free from our physical limitations. He sees us set free from our mental limitations. He sees us pure and holy. We're that treasure that He gave everything for. There is nothing more valuable than you are to God the Father. That's how He sees us. He sees you with a purpose and a destiny. He sees you free from every hindrance, every limitation, every bondage. That's who He is. He said, think about that stuff. Well, you know, none of us stay up nights worrying about that. We worry about not having enough, not being enough. We worry about repercussions for what we did or didn't do. We worry about having enough money or having too much money, I guess. We worry about, we worry about stuff, but we never worry about the things that God sees in us. And so we're in a battle because in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That's what Jesus said was. In Jesus the human, born of the flesh, all the fullness of God lives. And we know that's true. And then he was so amazing that in him, in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Well, Jesus, I believe it about you, but I don't believe it about me. Well, that's why you still have room to grow. That's why we're still growing. I believe it sometimes. Like, sometimes I believe it. I believe that that's who I really am, that I'm who Jesus says I am. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like a failure. And then we just sing a song where you can't fail because your Father's got you. You're not a failure. If you keep trying, somebody once somebody said a testimony in, in our deal that's really important. I thought that if you try, you're good. If you're with your dad and you try, then your dad's responsible. You know, that uh, it's so true, isn't it? If you're with your dad, your father, and you try, he's responsible for you. So can you fail? No. You know what you can do? You can learn. <laughs> you can grow. You can discover who you are. You can, you, can, you can develop skills and abilities. You can, all of a sudden, joy comes because you know, that's my dad. He's got me. He's got me. So I can risk this. I can try that new job. I can try to stretch out again. I can, I can try because my dad's with me. You'll find that he's, when he's with you, there's this thing called the power of God that enables us to do things we can't do. And that's, that's a trump. That's an ace in the hole we've got, you know. So in Christ, he, that's what Paul says. It's like, in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. Is there any power and authority that's ahead of God? No. Anything above Jesus? No. Any problem bigger than him? No. Nothing. In Him, is somebody out there mocking me? <laughs> it was a young, I know, I know, it was a kid. Um, I'm excited about that. I love kids. Y'all, I'm going to talk about kids in just a second. In Him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision performed not, not by human hands, your whole self, you. I don't know why I argue with God on this, but when Tim asked us to raise our hand if there was something we need, I'm like, there is, because I'm still struggling to believe that I really am the, you. Are you struggling to believe that you're this? Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. But God, I still do it. Yeah, but now it's because you choose to. You were in bondage, and Jesus redeemed us and set us free to come into union with him. And as we're in union with him, he changes us. We've been buried with him in baptism. Yeah, you have. So have I. You were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You see, what releases the power of God in your life is when you believe what God says about you. I believe. I believe Jesus paid for my debt. 
I believe Jesus set me free from the bondage to the enemy. I believe Jesus is bigger than what I'm worried about. And when you choose to live by faith, that releases God's power in your life and that it'll change everything. Not just your finances, that's petty. It'll change your heart and your feelings and your emotions. And it's all about water. Okay, so let me let me get caught up. This is important. I could talk about this for a long time, and I guess I do because I talk about it over and over again, don't I? Uh, you guys really are. Uh, you guys and other people that are part of grace, and, and I mean not just grace. I'm talking we're just a part of the body of Christ in the world. But I'm going to tell you, the people here at Grace are amazing. I, I stand back and watch. When somebody goes through a major life change, a disruption, I watch you guys touch them for Jesus Christ. When somebody goes funerals, uh, Ms. Kay is in charge of our funeral ministry, has been for years. Uh, when you someone passes away and you have a funeral, that's a big deal and you need help. And I've watched all of you over and over and over and over again do stuff. Uh, weddings. You know, these things in life that just happen. And, and when you give of yourself to those things, it releases the power of God in people's lives. And uh, let me... Uh, you know, when somebody's sick, your small groups respond. Your neighbor responds. The people you, you know, your friends with, you rope children, they respond when somebody's sick. When somebody's uh, lonely. You know, I saw this recently. This is just going on, and I have one. I've got some fun things up here. We're going to have some fun. Um, this is a baby shower gift. Now, is that not the most amazing what they like? If men were in charge of this, this would be a brown paper bag or a Walmart bag. I've used both. Now, I'll put them two thicknesses so you can't see through them. So I'll go above and beyond. But I'm going to throw Miss Kay under the bus. Um, this is a uh, gift for my uh, coming grandson. They, we've had a couple of baby showers this last week. Honesty had one. Woo it was party time. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was. It was fun. Honesty and Caleb, we had a baby shower yesterday for them. And uh, last week, uh, Sharon and some people gave a baby shower to my daughter-in-law, Martha. Matthew's up in the sound booth. She, Martha's at work at the hospital today. But uh, so Kay left this on my desk for, for Martha, and I was absolutely blown away. You know, you have to broaden how you see things. You see, we see things, and if somebody grew an arm back that we're praying for, we would all go, ah, God is in the place. Or if I became an eloquent speaker, you'd all go, ah, ah. no, I'm kidding, right? It's like whatever it is, we say, it's like when we make a touchdown, we're big. You know, I, so uh, Kay left this on my desk, and Kim, Tim wrote his name on it too. I know, I know. You don't even know what's in the bag, Tim Bays. Um, I didn't either. But I looked at this tag, and I'm, I'm like so thankful. Because you know, you know what happens when God releases, when it's, it's the power of God coming through you. Grace Fellowship, I'm telling you, you love so well. You give, you share the power of God in a thousand different ways. And I picked, I, I just, I didn't actually look at this. I looked at this this morning. Isn't that cool? It's 3D or something. Like, it's got little animals on it. This bag probably costs more than what I gave you for your uh, baby shower. <clears throat> but you know what it says? This is supernatural. I want you to recognize what supernatural is. Supernatural is when you smile at someone sometimes. It's when you just say something in your heart to someone. You matter. I sent a text to somebody during worship this morning. It just, I just had a thought. And I told him, I said, uh, I, need, I need your strong shoulders to help me during worship. And I meant it. You know, it's just a thought. No big deal. No prophetic word. I don't. It's just a thought. It's the power of God being released. Uh, <clears throat> that's why I'm throwing Kay under the bus. She wrote. You won't believe what she wrote on here. 
she touched a mother's heart. And that's important, somebody having a baby. It's a big deal, isn't it, honesty? It's a big deal. Uh, she wrote to Andrew Caleb Alford. I didn't even remember his middle name. You know what that meant to a mom? You cared enough? Jesus knows my son's name. And I read that. I was like, that's supernatural. And we just think it's a card. Guys, you're supernatural. You were created for this. And we have this big, this huge thing coming up. And we do it all the time. But I just don't think we realize what we're doing. You're the most loving group of people. We sang that song about, you know, God's family. And the truth is, you are. When you embrace, when you talk, when you, you know, the people serving our kids right now. When we have this grace picnic, we want to get, express love to the people in grace, which we do so well. And we want to love that people who don't have a church home, who maybe have never been and who have lived with religion and don't understand that it's really about family. It's really about life. And you all carry it. So this Grace Family Picnic, we're not going to have a service in the house that morning. We're going to meet at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to have a family picnic. And we're going to love people. And we're going to talk to people. And we're going to play with kids. And it's going to be cray-cray. But it's going to be great. And you know what? I am not afraid to invite anyone to come because I don't care who they are, what they look like. You're going to love them, and I know it. And when they have a need, when they have a special need in their life, you're going to respond. When they need a funeral, when they need a wedding shower, when they need a... a you guys love. And that's the power of God working through you. And so I want to... Uh, I don't want to. Fi- I want to finish this. Duh, there's my. I'm going to show the doll again. I've got some toys up here. Mark chapter 11. This is really important. Jesus was heading, really heading to the cross, right? And he did something on the following day when they came from Bethany. Jesus was hungry and he was walking through the hills, and he saw a distant fig tree. Fig tree, very symbolic tree in the world. And it was in leaf. And he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. You see, I think a lot of people go to the church looking for something to eat. But what they find are fig leaves. Fig leaves in Scripture is representative of a religion, not Jesus. And Jesus did this crazy thing. It just was weird what he did. He said he went to see if there's anything to eat. You see, people that come to the Grace Family Picnic are hungry. The people in your neighborhood are hungry. We have family members who are hungry. And they can't eat religion. And you see that I believe the thing we judge ourselves by mostly is religion. It's not God. God tells us how we are. He tells us who we are. And he said, Jesus said to the fig tree. (laughs) That's so strange. I can't imagine. If you guys start talking to fig trees, I may turn you in. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And then he went, you know, the story goes on. I jumped down to verse 20, but he went in. He, he found people doing some religious stuff in the temple that was created to be a house of prayer. And he threw them out, right? Y'all remember that story. But in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree that they had walked by the day before. And it was withered away to its roots. And then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them and said, Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass, and it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. Then he adds uh, an interesting sentence on the end of that statement. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. 
You see, I believe when he's talking about this, he's talking about, you know what we do? The fig leaves, that's religious rules, regulations, to-dos, to-not-do. It's those lists that we live by, sometimes internally, sometimes externally. And he says something there that's really interesting. He says, he says, have faith in God. When you study that, what that really is, is have the faith of God. Because we know in other scriptures, he tells us, faith is a gift from God. So, we, God gives us the faith to believe that we're not limited to who we are. God gives us the faith to believe that we are special, that we're loved, that we've been redeemed, that we've been set free, that, we, that Jesus, by his stripes, were healed. There's a thousand things God believes. And mine and your struggle is to believe and hold on to what he says. Because the truth is, what we know about the gospel, it's like, uh, it's very simple. Uh, I wanted Marion to give this. <laughs> uh, run out of time. It's a big, big deal. Our, our invitation from the Lord is to believe in who he says we are. And when he shows me something about myself, to hold on to it. You know, um, I'll have, Stephen, you can do this. Um, Harvey, can you throw a football? You can, can't you? Okay. Um, he can catch, too. Uh, okay, so, y'all know what football is, right? Well, Arkansas Razorbacks, big game, down to the last seconds of the game. Harvey's the quarterback. Steven's a wide receiver. This, he's in the end zone. This is their absolute last chance. And if he catches the ball, they win. The whole state's happy. If he misses it, it's all bad. So, Harvey, could you throw him the ball? <clears throat> Harvey, try it again. Just pitch it like I did to you. You see? That's not what that verse is saying. So that football, thanks, Tommy, this is, this is the faith of God. And God, there's God. God's over there. God's telling Stephen, Stephen, have the faith of God. See? That time I couldn't knock it out of his hand. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? Give me the football. They're making me nervous. That, did, that didn't work out. I thought he, he caught it 10 times in my office. Really did. When you, okay, I will demonstrate it. When you catch a football, you tuck it. Nobody can take that out. When God tells you something, when you have an encounter with him, you take those words, you take that truth. When you're reading scripture and you see yourself in there and you see the power of what Jesus has done, you don't hold it out here because you know what the devil's going to do? He's a defensive back and he's going to take that right out of your hands. No, you grab it and you lambano is the Greek word. It's aggressively catch it. Go after it. I believe God has given us faith, guys. And uh, he said something. He's saying something to you. And here's the main thing I want you all to get today is this one deal. So, Stephen, one more time. I'm going to water. You know, it's interesting. You all know uh, there's our little, our little girl, right? I really like her. I want to go back a verse. <laughs> the doll, the thing. Uh, one day in John 4, Jesus met a girl at the well. And they were discussing, and she was, uh, had been married five times, and the man she lived with she wasn't there. She had been ostracized, judged, and kicked out of the society she lived in. And Jesus, being a Jew, shouldn't even have been talking to her, right? She was a Samaritan woman. And uh, he asked her for a drink. <laughs> and then uh, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he'd have given you living water 
You see, in Scripture, water stands for the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the life of God. It's the power of God. And guys, I'm telling you, we all judge ourselves, and that's what I use this little nesting doll for last week. Um, we all believe there's reasons why we don't, and there's reasons why we can't. And we look at ourselves, and we don't think we were really. And what I believe is every one of us was created to hand created by the Lord to contain his presence. You know, but we know stuff like we believe there's stuff inside of us that disqualifies. And the truth is who we are, who you are right now, because of what Jesus did is perfect for water. Thank you. That's who you are. And as he fills you with water, guess what you do? You become living water everywhere you go. So when you give a gift, water. When you love someone, water. That's who you are. And you know what? I don't care how deep you go, right? Some of us think that's okay, but guess what about, about my past? Um, Jesus says, perfect container. Just right for his presence because of what he's done. And then you take your water he gave you and you pour it out and it begins to multiply and you become the well that never goes dry. And then I think some of us do this. Yeah, but I have a genetic problem. I have, a, I have a, a, an emotional problem. That's why I'm not. Jesus says, no, you are. And guess what you do? And you go on and you go on. And guys, it doesn't matter. Some of us think we don't have the gifting, right? I'm just not as gifted as they are. I'm not as smart as they are. I've gone too far. It's too late. It's too late. It doesn't matter how small you are or how big you are. You're created for a destiny to contain his presence. I'm not. This is like, thank you, Stephen. Um, there, get rid of all those. I'm going to drop them. He did good. He didn't drop this one. <laughs> Ruined my whole service right there. Um so you know what's interesting? We've got mountains in our lives. You do, I do, our culture does. And if you can't see yourself the way Jesus sees you is the first battle. Forgiving yourself. You know, I had a, I had a beautiful thing. I'll give you one story. True story happened this week. I have, I have a... Uh, just a wonderful lady friend who uh, was a missionary in Spain for 40 years or something <laughs> and served God her whole life, her and her husband. They've been married 50-plus years. And uh, she she brings me people that need Jesus pretty often. They live in Circe. She's involved in several shelters and homeless ministries, and she's involved with human trafficking, and she's been for years. She's retired now, but she still does all this stuff all the time. And she uh, she called me, and I know her husband. They're great people. Uh, she signed up for Freedom Prayer this week, and I asked her. She said, "Please tell my story." I said, "Okay." So I asked her, and she said, uh, "So her she signed up like she signed up at three o'clock, and her husband signed up at five o'clock." And I'm like, "That's weird." And so uh, when she gets here, I'm like, "We're friends." I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" Um, uh, why did you both sign up for Freedom Prayer? <laughs> like, back to back. She said, well, I've been married for 50 years, and there's still something in my marriage that I just can't get past. And Paul and I were talking. We just decided that we weren't satisfied with where our marriage is. I'm like, 
okay, I don't do marriage counseling, but uh, okay. And I said, well, what's, I said, and she knows me, and she knows what I do. She's been prayed for, and she's brought me lots of people to pray for. I'm like, what, uh, she said, I just can't get past this. And then she said something, and she's just, just talking, and I heard her say something that my sin nose detective thing went off. She said, uh, I've never been a, a, a submissive and something wife. Y'all know the rest of that. There's submissive and quiet. I've never been a quiet and submissive wife. <laughs> there we go. And I'm like, I know that verse in the Bible. And she said, I've struggled with that for 50 years. And I'm like, now, if y'all know her, she's a very powerful person. Like, she's a great leader. That's why she's involved in all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, but my sin sensitivity, my sensitivity to lies that aren't true, my sensitivity to fig leaves, religion, law went off. And I'm like, Okay, well, let me ask you some questions. So I said, uh, Jesus, would you show her? Because she didn't know what she said was actually where her problem was coming from. Because it was a decision. She had been trying for 50 years to be a quiet and submissive wife. Listen, if y'all know her, you'd agree with me. That's impossible for her. Now, she's submissive to God and quiet with him. Not really. But she's like... That's not who she is. God made her strong. He made her a leader. He gave her a loud voice. But her definition of submission and quietness was her definition, not God's. You see, the thing is, she thought there was something wrong with the, really, the main part of who she was, she thought there was something wrong with it. Now, who I am isn't good. And we went through it, and God spoke to her, and she saw the truth that she was judging herself. And you know what happens? You guys, we judge ourselves. We all do. You're doing it right now. So am I. We, it's a journey to, to give those things to the Lord as he brings them up. Well, she, uh, she repented for judging herself for 50 years for not being a quiet and submissive wife. And she texts me the next day and she said, you wouldn't believe the weight that's been lifted off my shoulders. I was like, good. You repented of sinning all the time. That's good. Because you see, anywhere you judge yourself, that's sin. Because God said you're not that. And so when you say you are, he doesn't agree with you. So this morning, here's what I want us to know. That was, I should have made this into two sermons, I guess. <laughs> I can, too. But uh, here's what I want us to know. When you see who you are in him, then you begin to see who other people are in him, too. And so you quit judging others when you stop judging you. Because Jesus said that. Isn't it funny? He said, you can make this mountain move when you forgive. When you forgive. And then if you have anything against anyone... You forgive. And so it, it's like you can't judge yourself and you can't judge others. Because you know who people are? They're who Jesus says they are. Even if they don't know it yet. Even if you're not experiencing it yet, that's still who they are. I choose to believe. And when you believe, everything gets set free. So this morning, I believe that's what God wants to do. He wants to help you see, help us see what it is that we're not believing about ourselves. What's God say about you that you don't believe? When you choose to believe, it'll release the power of God in your life to transform you. And uh, that's what we do. So we have, hey, Peter. Um, <laughs> Peter's Missy's better, better half. So let's all stand up. Thank you guys for your patience with us today.
Let's ask the Lord to come. We have ministry teams that have come up here. This nesting doll is crazy. There's 10 of them. And that wasn't the last one. This last one is so small, I can't even get it out. There's the last one. And you know, when you have the presence of God, it doesn't matter how big you are because the power comes from Him. doesn't matter how well you speak. doesn't matter how much you know because it's Jesus. It's all Jesus. So, Jesus, would you just come now, Lord? Would you... Lord, would you reveal... God, would you reveal to each one of us if there are areas in our lives where we're judging ourselves? Places where we don't think we're enough, God? Is there some place in your heart where you don't think you're enough? So God, would you show us if if there's places in our heart where we think we've gone too far? God, would you show us if there's things we've done that we haven't forgiven ourselves for? If like my friend, we're judging ourselves because our personality is not what we think it should be. God, would you show us if there's places where we're judging ourselves because what we did. Or God, is there places we're judging ourselves that we're being held back because of what we didn't do? This morning, you need to hear from the Lord. That's the only thing we need is to hear from the Lord. Whatever it is, He's bigger than anything else. So God, give us the courage to seek your face, to to, uh, hear your voice, and to see ourselves the way you see us. This morning, if... uh, there's some area in your life that you you need help with. Uh, these guys are up here. They want to pray with you. And you need to see you the way God sees you. You really, We all do, right? So, uh, God, I just thank you for all you're doing and for your plans. And, God, I thank you for that picnic coming up that, uh, God, you trust us with loving people no matter who they are. I just thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Thank you for being here. God bless you guys.